Take your Bibles and turn in your New Testaments this evening. The book of Matthew. We're going to deviate a little bit from the, in fact, we're going to deviate a lot tonight from the Christmas theme. <clears throat> COVID has been uh, a bit of a trial uh, for our church. In fact, I, I mentioned this on Wednesday night. <clears throat> I th I'm seriously thinking about renaming our church just for the winter months and calling it, uh, putting up on the sign, uh, uh, Herd Immunity Baptist Church. You know, <laughs> uh, this, you know a safe place to worship. Um, and I don't th after we're all done with this thing, it, this is going to be one of the safest places in town, I think, to come to. Uh, because uh, so many people have gotten it and uh, have the antibodies and so forth. But uh, we're going to read the, the story tonight. This is a familiar one to most of you of the disciples going out into, into the sea and uh, Jesus coming later on and walking on the water and, and, and Peter going out of, the, out of the ship and so forth. And... Um, I want you to, to, to know that before this took place, before this story took place, it was the feeding of the 5,000. Sometimes we have a tendency to uh, separate the stories that are, and the accounts that are given in the Bible. But I really believe, just like, just like the chapters really run one right into another, so do the stories run one right into, it, uh, into the other. And... and uh, uh, what the feeding of the 5,000 was, uh, was that was the lesson that the disciples were to learn, is that God provides and God takes care of us. And then when they got into the storm, that was the test. You know, you know the old saying, uh, there will be a test that will follow. Uh, there, there, there's always that even in life. God teaches us something. And then he tests us on it and, and sees if we, if we really got the truth uh, that, that was taught. So with that in mind, let's all stand together. Chapter 14 of the book of Matthew. Matthew 14, and we'll, we'll read verses uh, 22 down through the end of the chapter. It says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went with them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea... They were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. 
And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched, as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. Thank you, Lord, not only for those that are here uh, physically, but also those that are here uh, from a distance on the live stream. We ask, God, that, that uh, you would speak to our hearts through your word. Uh, we just went through two weeks, and some folks are still going through uh, some time of, of trial, of, uh, of storms, and uh, we ask, God, that you would give some encouragement tonight uh, to those that are possibly not in it yet. Uh, there be, there'll be some that are right in the middle of it, and there's some that have just come out of it. Uh, Lord, we just ask that you would give us encouragement and strength through your word. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts tonight. And uh, God, may the Spirit of God specifically apply the Word of God, in ways that no human preacher can do from a pulpit, but you can certainly do it inside of the heart of a believer. And we pray, Father, that you would do just exactly that tonight. Take the Word of God, minister it personally to each and every one of us. So we'll be careful to thank you and to praise you for being so good to us and for speaking to our hearts. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The title of this message is Strengthened Through Storms, and storms are not given to us to make us weaker, but they're really given to us to make us stronger. And Jesus, at, at this juncture, uh, wanted to send the, the multitudes away and to separate uh, from the disciples, because at that point, uh, the crowd wanted to make him king. And he knew it was not time. He knew it was not part of the, it was not on the, the timetable. And so he, he caused that separation. He went by himself up into the mountains. He sent the, the, he sent the crowds away. And then he sent the disciples to uh, go across the sea. When he was on the mountain, he was praying. And he was praying specifically for the disciples. And uh, they while he was praying for them, they were actually beginning to go into a storm, and it was during the fourth watch. That, that whole thing is a picture, and I believe it's a picture of Christ and the church today. Uh, we're we're, the, we're the, the believers in the boat, and uh, uh, the storms are rising. The Bible says, in the last days, perilous times shall come. Aren't you glad you've got a Savior that's interceding for you? Aren't you glad you got a Savior that promised never to leave us and never forsake us? And uh, uh, he prayed for his disciples as they went through the storm. And the Lord is there for us whenever we go through any storms that God has for us. This story teaches us uh, how we can be encouraged uh, in the storm and even after the storm because we can see the hand of God in the thing. And so I want to look at five principles of encouragement that we find in this story. The, the, first, the first principle is that Jesus directs us uh, into storms 
as we obey him. If you look with me in, in chapter 14, down in verse 22, it says, And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him into, uh, unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Now, understand, Jesus is God. He's sending them uh, he's sending them away, tells them he wants them to go over on the other side. He knows full well what's coming. He knows there's a storm brewing. They don't know it, but he knows it. So what did he actually do? He actually guided them and directed them to go into the storm. That was, that was the, the instructions that he gave. He said, go to the other side, full knowing that when, if they were to do exactly what they were told to do, that they would sail right into a storm. Now, why did they go into that storm? Because they were right smack dab in the middle of the will of God. Now, you know, we need to understand that storms are a part of God's will. It's, you know, God never promised that it would always be smooth sailing for us. He never promised that there wouldn't be difficulties and there wouldn't be trials along the way. Uh, and, and what you find throughout Scripture, I mean, you look at the Apostle Paul. Um, as far as a, a man that God used in a great way, he used him to write a large portion of the New Testament. And uh, the, the uh, uh, epistles that were written, most of them were, were humanly uh, uh, written by the Apostle Paul. And uh, uh, yet look at the trouble he went through. I mean, he was, he was beaten, and he was shipwrecked, and he was stoned, taken outside of Lystra and stoned, uh, left, you know, taken up for, to, to be dead, and I believe God brought him back to life. Um, just one thing after another, he was imprisoned for long periods of time. And yet, what was he doing? Well, he was right smack dab in the middle of God's will. He was doing exactly what God wanted him to do. So understand that when, when we go into storms, that uh, oftentimes it is storms that are directed by God. And don't base your security based upon whether or not it's calm or whether or not it's stormy. Uh, our security is in Christ. And if we're doing what God wants us to do and we're obeying him and we're to the best of our ability in his will, it makes no difference what the outward circumstances are. God will see us through. Now, there's two kinds of storms that God brings a, a, across our path. One storm is a storm of correction. And uh, Jonah is a good example of that. When Jonah was fleeing from God, he got into a ship and he, they started out into the waters and there was a big storm and the men came down and said, what should we do? And he says, I'm the, I'm the reason why there's a storm. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know what, how much he told them, but he knew that he was running from God. He knew that God was trying to get a hold of him. He says, throw me overboard and uh, your, you know, your problems will, will cease because God's not after you. He's after me. The, that was a, a storm of correction. And we go through those. You know, God brings those storms into our lives to get our attention, to, to, to uh, help us to correct the situation and do that which is right. It's a, it's a storm of chastening. But then there's also storms of perfection. I believe that's what the disciples went through. They were not going through a storm of chastening. It wasn't that they were doing something wrong. They were doing something right. 
But God wanted to take that storm and use the storm to be able to, to strengthen them and perfect their faith. Uh, God used that in the disciples' life to teach them, and he used it in the disciples' life to mature them in their faith. Um, take your Bibles and turn with me to, uh, keep your finger here, but go to John 16. John chapter 16. Oh, you know, oftentimes we say, well, yeah, but if we're trying to do right and we're obeying God and we're trying to, to live for him, why in the world uh, does, are, there, are there troubles and storms and difficulties that come into our life? Look down in verse 33, the very last verse in John 16. It says, These things I have spoken unto you, Jesus is speaking, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now what he's saying there is simply this. If you're doing what I'm telling you to do, if you're obeying me, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have difficulties. But I will give you peace because you're in me. The truth is, uh, because Jesus was contrary to the world, he had tribulation. And if he had tribulation, how much, how much more will, will we have those difficulties in life? But... but the Lord Jesus used those problems and he used those difficulties that came into the disciples' life not to push them away, not just to see how much pressure they could take by God putting his thumb on them, <clears throat> but, but he, he allowed those things to come so that their, their, their faith could be strengthened. So the first thing is, is understand, is that uh, God directs us. He actually leads us and guides us into the storms as we obey him. Second thing, uh, if you go back to chapter 14 and look with me in verse 23, and when they had set the multitudes away, <clears throat> he went up into a mountain apart to pray, and when the evening was come, he was there alone. While they were going through the storm, Jesus was praying, and he was praying for them. When we go through our storms, we've got one who is making intercession for us in heaven. Take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. <clears throat> and in Romans chapter 8, look with me down in verse 34. Romans chapter 8. And verse 34 says, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Uh, not only do we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, but we have someone who is interceding on our behalf all the time. When we're not in a storm, when we're heading for the storm, we're, when we're going into a storm, when we're coming out of a storm, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is interceding for us. Um, back in the Old Testament, when, when, um, when uh, uh, Joshua was sent into the valley to fight the enemy, Moses was standing up on, on the ridge, and as Moses kept his hands up, 
and, raised, and lifted them up, God gave Joshua a victory. And if his hands began to falter and come on down, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the victory was lost, and the enemy began to press on them. And so Aaron and Hur came and helped them keep the, keep the hands up. But that's, a, that's a picture of prayer. And, and isn't it good to know that when you're going through difficulty, you're not going through that difficulty alone. Your Lord's praying for you. Your Lord's concerned about you. You know, when Jesus sent them into the storm, he not only knew he was, that they were going, going to go through the storm, but he was concerned about them. So he didn't just go about his business and do something else. He specifically went and prayed for them, knowing full well that they were getting ready to head into a storm. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews 4. And it seems like every year this particular passage of Scripture gets more and more precious to me personally. Um, Hebrews chapter 4. And look at me in verses 14 through 16. So seeing then that we have a great high priest, speaking of the Lord Jesus, that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Part of... Uh, Christ being the fullness of the Godhead bodily and, and coming down and taking on human flesh is that he went through experientially the things that we go through, the temptations and the difficulties. And so that now that when we go to him in prayer, we're not going to someone who does not know what, we, what we're experiencing and what we are going through. He went through it himself. And he can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. It goes on to say in the last part of that verse, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You're not coming to a cold hearted savior. When, when you're going through a storm and you're crying out to God and you're asking God to help, help you through it and to give you strength. You're coming to a God who has experienced problems and experienced pain and experienced sorrow and you know, experienced those, those things that you and I go through, and we can come to him confidently. Why? Because Jesus prays for us uh, during the storms of life. Another thing, and go back to chapter 14 and look in verses 25 through 27. It says, the fourth watch of the night. Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. Now, what, what, what's going on here is that Jesus uh, comes across the water and, become, and begins to come toward the boat. Of course, they thought that he was up on the mountain, that he was separated from them. Uh, they had no clue who or what this was. Can you imagine being out, you know, and sometimes we don't, we don't think this thing through, but 
they're, they're, in a, they're in a boat, a small boat. The, the winds and the waves are, are tumultuous, and, and they're, they're whacking them around in the boat. And uh, uh, it's dark. Uh, you know, uh, there's been many a time here, particularly recently, where I've, I've noticed that because of the clouds in the sky and the moon is hid, hidden and so forth, and particularly when, the, when it's raining, it just looks extra dark you know, outside, and you just, you, you can't see things, and if you do see things, you can't always, you know, discern exactly what they are, and that was the situation with the disciples. They, they see this form coming toward them, uh, and they don't know exactly what it is. Take your Bibles and turn, keep your finger here, but go to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. In Isaiah 43, begin with me, if you would, uh, in verse 1, about halfway through the verse, <clears throat> where it begins and says, fear not. The Bible says, fear not, and this is God speaking. He says, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Now I realize this is an Old Testament verse. It was an Old Testament verse to Israel. But does that apply to you? <laughs> yeah, it does. It sure does. If you've trusted Christ as Savior, you are redeemed. And so he's speaking to you. He's telling you that he, have, he has called you and that you are his. Verse 2 says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, uh, they, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. What he's saying there is just very simple. I'm going to be with you when you go through the storms. I'm going to go with you when you go through the high waters. When there's difficulties that come across your bow, I will be there with you. I'm not going to leave you alone. Uh, we can't go by feelings when we go through difficulties and when we go through the storms of life. Instead, we're supposed to trust God and go by faith. And go by faith regardless of the circumstances. The circumstances might, might, cause, might cause you to wonder and might cause you to shake a little bit. But, but the truth is, is God is with you. And he'll always be with us during the storms. The um, the disciples were, were surprised because they didn't expect him to show up. Uh, there are times when I have prayed. I'll, be, I'll just be quite honest with you. There's times I've prayed and asked God for something, and then when he gives it to me, I'm shocked. <laughs> no, he shouldn't be, but, but sometimes we go through that. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, there have been times in my life when I have gone through some, some, some storms, and uh, it, it's sometimes you don't you don't think about it until you're right in the middle of the storm, and then something happens to make you realize and just get a consciousness of the fact that you're not alone, that God is with you, that He promised never to leave you and never to forsake you, and uh, uh, honestly, some sometimes that that assurance comes comes unexpectedly, but it's there. Because you know that you are his and that he is yours. And uh, uh, the disciples were, were surprised to see him. 
In verse 26, it says, And when the disciples saw him walking on the, on the sea, they were troubled. Now again, here's the answer coming across the waves, and they're afraid of the answer. They're troubled because they don't know exactly who it is, saying it is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. Um, one of the things that the Bible teaches this throughout is that two things can, there's two things that cannot coexist at the same time, and that's fear and faith. Uh, if fear is present, the faith diminishes. If faith is present, the fear diminishes. One of the things that I have observed over, over the uh, last almost two years now, uh, when this COVID thing has hit, is that um, I've, I've watched God's people, some of them right here in this church, other folks. Uh, I've experienced some of it myself, where, where I've, you know, we've let fear get a hold of us. Can I tell you, when the fear comes, if you, if you court that fear, that faith begins to, to drop immediately. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, there, there are lots of... Uh, Lots of opinions out there. There's lots of, of a controversy out there about this, this whole COVID. And I'm not going to go into it, but there is the, the, the uh, pro-vaccine, there's the anti-vaccine, and then there's those folks that are right in the middle and don't care one way or the other. Um, but but uh, you've got all kinds of, of, of uh, opinions going on. You know what I, I believe? I, I believe that whole thing is used of the devil, to get our, our minds and our hearts off what the real issue is. The issue is not vaccine or not vaccine. You know what the issue is? Do you trust God regardless? You know what? I, I need to trust God just as much vaccinated as I do unvaccinated. Now, I've gotten COVID, so I got antibodies. I mean, I, I got them. Amen, man, I'm strong, you know? Uh, I, I've got the antibodies. They say they're at least good for, for three months. Some say as many as six to nine months. Others say you might have them for the rest of your life. I, you know, who knows? You know what the bottom line is? It doesn't really make any difference. <laughs> it doesn't make any difference. Vaccinated, unvaccinated, antibodies or no antibodies, regardless of what situation you're in, you better trust God. I, you know, don't trust your antibodies. Don't trust your vaccine. Uh, don't, you know, don't say, well, I, I, uh, I you know, I, uh, I built up my immune system, so I know that I'm, I'm going to be able to fight it. Uh, you're trusting the wrong thing. You've got to trust God, and that's where faith comes in. And uh, faith and fear uh, don't coexist together. The fear chases away the faith. Uh, the Lord was with them, but, but they couldn't even recognize him. Now, listen, whether you believe it or not, when you go through the storm, God is with you. And all God's people said, <laughs> I mean, he's with you. He's, he's watching over you. You may not have it figured out. You don't know why the storm is as intense as it is. How, how come, you know, how come I'm going through this and so-and-so is not going through it? Boy, don't, don't go down that road. That'll, that'll mess you up real, real good. Uh, but but uh, what you need to understand is, is that God is always there. And, uh, and when fear begins to set in, you lose that perspective. Now, he's there whether you realize it or not. 
But fear does not allow you to see God and, and, and to see God's hand uh, clearly in your life the way that he, he wants to manifest himself. And, uh, and we need to understand that, that uh, fear affects our spiritual eyesight. You don't, have the, you don't have the spiritual perception that God would have you to have if, if you allow fear to take over. And, but just as fear drives away faith, Faith drives away fear. First um, John chapter four and verse eighteen says, "There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. If you love the Lord, if you trust the Lord, if you have faith in God, it's going to cause the fear to go. Don't let the the circumstances uh, cause you to doubt." The fact that God loves you and that God cares for you. Uh, you may go through some, some real tough storms. And, you know, over the 30-plus years that we've been here, I've watched people go through some really, really, really rough stuff. And, uh, and, and I felt for them. But I, I know this, that if they're saved people, God has promised to never leave us, to never forsake us. He's there. And if we'll just trust him, he'll get, us, he'll get us through the storm, just like he got the disciples through their storm. And, uh, the, you know, you think about this, think about the storms that uh, the Heavenly Father allowed the Lord Jesus Christ to go through for you and for me. Uh, think about the, the agony and the, the bitter cup that he took when he was on the cross. And the, you know, when he cried out to the Father and said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I and mean, you look at all that. Did the, did the Father ever stop loving the Son? I don't believe he ever did. Not for five seconds. Uh, was the Father there? Yes. They were, I, I believe that they were, they were separated for a time because of the wrath of God that was poured out on Jesus Christ. It was poured out on on our behalf, I mean, it was poured out for us. But if he allowed the son to go through those things, how much more is he going to allow us to go through through those things? Because there are there are lessons that we need to learn. And you know, anybody can trust God when the sun's shining. Anybody can trust God when things are are going well, when there's no bumps in the road. But how about when the bumps come? How about when the sun, sun goes out? How about when the waves start going over the bow of the ship? That's when we need to trust the Lord. Then go back with me to Matthew chapter 14 and look down in verses 28 through 31. <clears throat> this is, a, this is a, uh, probably my favorite part of the whole story. Verse 28 says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And, and uh, he said, come. And when Peter was, was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Now, the purpose of the storm is to strengthen our faith. And that's exactly what God used that storm for in the life of Peter. Uh, the whole purpose of the storm was to, to test them and then and to strengthen them through it uh, and, to, and strengthen the disciples' faith. 
There, there is no growth, really, in our Christian lives if we don't go through tests, if we don't go through trials. Now, this whole account, I have heard all kinds of opinions on it. Uh, I've heard uh, people say, well, you know, Jesus uh, told them to go from the shore, from one shore to the other shore. That was his instruction. So therefore, if Peter got out of that boat, he was out of the will of God because he shouldn't, he shouldn't have uh, gone out. Well, I, I, have, I have a lot of problems with that. Uh, one of the problems I have is that Jesus said, come. Is, is the Lord Jesus going to tell you, sure, go ahead, come on, disobey me, go ahead, come on, let's do it. I, I don't believe that at all. Um, but then on the other hand, you know, I've heard people, and, and, and I think we do this, we look at it and say, well, Peter, you know, I mean, he looked at the wind, and he looked at the waves, and he got afraid, and he sank. That was his problem. Yeah, yeah, it was. But bless God, he got out of the boat, <laughs> you know. And then you look at the disciples, and you say, <clears throat> you say, well, you know, at least he got out of the boat. They didn't even have the guts to get out of the boat. Have you ever thought of this? Maybe they weren't supposed to get out of the boat. You know, we look, at, we look at one person doing something and say, you know, if the rest of you aren't doing that, then you must be out of the will of God. Not necessarily. One, one of the, the, the lessons I think that is taught in this, in this story is that, that uh, God will direct us to go from point A to point B. He directed them to go from this shore to that shore. Do you know what he, he did in the middle of that whole thing, right in the middle of the storm? He gave them some freedom. And not all choices are going to be the same. <clears throat> we, you know, uh, as a church, we have, we have gone through the storm together. We have gone through COVID together. I got a kick out of this morning. You know what this morning was? This morning, all the people that came, uh, and it was basically you folks that are here this evening, and uh, uh, you came, and, and, and I heard story after story of people swapping war stories about what, you know, what happened during COVID. And you know what? Nobody's story is identical. It's different. We all went through the same storm, but we went through the same storm differently. Um, my knees are, are affected by, by COVID. Uh, your knees, joints may not be affected at all. Why is that? Because your knees don't need to be affected, but mine do. That's the bottom line. Uh, you know, uh, there are, in, in other words, there's going to be different responses and, and, and different decisions that different people will make, even though they go through the exact same storm together. Can I tell you what the stupidest thing in the world is? Is to sit there and criticize somebody because they didn't respond the way you did. Don't do that, all right? If somebody wants to get vaccinated and you don't want to get vaccinated, shut your mouth. Uh, if, if you're vaccinated and, and somebody else isn't, don't get critical of them. Good night, that's not what we need. And again, I think all of that stuff is smokescreen. All of it is. You know what it is? It's, it's getting our, our sight off of Jesus Christ. It's, say, it's really the same as, as uh, Peter looking at the wind and the waves rather than looking at Christ. 
And the, the, you know, the bottom line is when he took his eyes off of the Lord, he began to, to sink. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, praise the Lord, he at least had the faith to get out of the boat and to want to be adventurous for God. Now, the thing I think we, we miss oftentimes in this, in this story, and particularly in this part of the account, is that when Peter sank, honestly, he did the right thing. He did, there were three things that he did. First of all, it says he cried out for help, and he did so immediately. He didn't wait for the water to reach the tops of his head, and as he was glubbing down into the sea, he said, oh, help me. I, you know, I, I think as soon as he saw that thing happening and he saw himself sinking, he started to cry out to God. That's smart. That's smart. You start falling, you start failing, you, you know, your faith gets shaken. Call out to God. Ask God to help you. The second thing he did is that he didn't try to save himself. He, he knew. He, he was going down, man. <laughs> you know, he, he, it, wasn't, it wasn't a maybe. It was a definite. <clears throat> and he realized it. And he realized, listen, if I don't get help from God, uh, then I'm, I'm going to sink. So he didn't try to help himself. He didn't even try to ask the other disciples. He asked the Lord. He knew the disciples were not his answer. He, he, he knew that, that the Lord was his answer. And the third thing he did was he called on the Lord to save him. And uh, he depended on him totally. If, if the Lord Jesus had not reached down and lifted him up, he would have drowned. And so what you see there is you see a, a, an, an attitude of humility, an attitude of, of wisdom, of knowing that he didn't have the strength himself, and then the attitude of faith and surrender. That's exactly what we need when we're going through storms, because I'll guarantee you, uh, you go through storm, you go through storms, you're going to falter. You're not going to make every decision right. Uh, I don't make every decision right when I'm going through the storms. But you can always respond right when you begin to sink. And the way we respond rightly is, is we cry out to God immediately. We don't try to save ourselves, and we, we call on the Lord to save, save us, to bring us up, and to sustain us. Uh, the, the storms of life uh, may not be easy, and somebody may go through a rougher storm than another person go through. You know, again, with COVID, uh, there, there are some folks that were really badly affected, and other folks were not. Uh, as badly affected. Some folks, it was just like a mild case of the flu. Other, other cases, it was a severe case of the flu. Other cases, it was just total misery for all 10 days. Um, bottom line is, uh, God allowed things to come into your life and to my life exactly the way that we needed them to come. And it was, it was for us, and the, the, those storms are absolutely necessary in order to grow and to strengthen our faith. Um, faith is not believing in spite of evidence, but faith is obeying in spite of consequences. In other words, even though the, the storms may be billowing against your soul, uh, you're going to do that which is right and which is pleasing in the sight of God. I think the best Old Testament illustration of that is the three Hebrew children, and they were, they were told, they were said, look, this is the decree. The decree is when the, when the music's played, you bow down to the uh, statue of Nebuchadnezzar. 
and you worship that statue. And they said, no, no, we can't do that because of our faith. And I don't believe they were, they were belligerent. I don't believe they were defiant. You don't see that attitude at all. It's, they were just very matter of fact. They said, look, we can't do that. Uh, we, we believe in God. Uh, we worship God. God's the only one we worship. We don't worship statues, and we're certainly not going to worship Nebuchadnezzar. And that wasn't disrespectful. That was just a matter of fact and a matter of faith, really. And uh, so they were brought to Nebuchadnezzar, and he said, look, he says, you bend and bow, or we're throwing you in the fire. And their answer basically was this. Listen, uh, O king, uh, we believe that our God can, can keep us even from that fire. But if he doesn't, we won't bend and we won't bow. Now, what they're saying is we don't know which way God's going to go on this thing. But it really doesn't make any difference. We're going to do what we're supposed to do in the middle of the storm, regardless of the circumstances. And, and they, they maintain their obedience. And, and the, that, that whole experience, that storm in their life, strengthened those guys' faith. And it, it caused them to grow. And the last thing, if you go back with me to uh, chapter 14 of Matthew, look in verses 32 through 34. It says, And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. Um, Christ came with them, got in the boat, and made sure they made it to the other side. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ will take you through the storm. Uh, God always finishes what he starts. If he sends you into the storm, he's going to get you through the storm. He may or may not cause the winds and the waves to cease. But one thing for sure is he's going to get you through to the other side. He's going to start what he finishes. Uh, the Bible says that he is the author and finisher of our faith. And, uh, and it, we may stumble, we may fall, just like what Peter did, but he's going to be patient with us. He's going to help us. He's going to guide us. He's going to direct us and get us through to the other side. When the, when the disciples saw him calm the sea, they fell down at, at, on, their, on their face and they, they worshipped him. Uh, take your Bibles and, and turn with me, if you would, and we'll close with this. Mark chapter 6. Next book in your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Mark chapter 6. And in Mark 6, this is the, uh, another, another, uh, uh, giving of that account of uh, the disciples going through the, the storm after the feeding of the 5,000. And in, in Mark 6, I want you to look with me in verses 51 and 52. It, it, it says, well, go, go look up at verse 50. It says, for the, they all saw him and were troubled, and immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Now, he eliminates the, the, the part about Peter in this particular uh, account of the story. In verse 51, says, And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were so amazed in themselves beyond measure, and wondered for, in other words, because, 
They considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Um, the lessons that God taught them through the feeding of the 5,000 during the calm times, they did not carry with them into the, into the storms. And God expects us to take those things that we have gone through before and the things that he has taught us. Sometimes, uh, you know, he'll, he'll teach us when the, when, the, uh, uh, when the waters are calm and the light is bright. Uh, but when the darkness comes, don't doubt in the darkness what God has, has taught you in the light. I came across, quite a few years ago, I came across a, a prayer that I thought was really kind of foot fitting to the story that we just, we just read in the account of the disciples going through the storm. And it says, Dear God, I want to thank you for what you have already done. I am not going to wait until I see the results or receive rewards. I am thanking you right now. I'm not going to wait until I feel better or things look better. I'm thanking you right now. I'm not going to wait until people say that they are sorry or until they stop talking about me. I am going to thank you right now. I am not going to wait until the pain in my body disappears. I am thanking you right now. I'm not going to wait until my financial situation improves. I'm going to thank you right now. I am not going to wait until the children are asleep and the house is quiet. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait until I get promoted at work or until I get the job. I am going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait until I understand every experience in my life that has caused me pain or grief. I'm thanking you right now. I am not going to wait until the journey gets easier or the challenges are removed. I am thanking you right now. I am thanking you because I'm alive. I'm thanking you because I made it through the day's difficulties. I'm thanking you because I have walked around the obstacles. I'm thanking you because I have the ability and the opportunity to do more and to do better. I am thanking you, God. You haven't given up on me. And the, the storms of life, again, are not given to us to just see how much pressure and how much pain we can take. They're given to us to, to strengthen the faith that he has already given to us. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray, Lord, that uh, tonight we would ponder and consider the proper responses to the storms of life. If we are not in one right now, we'll hit one eventually. Uh, maybe we're coming out of one. Maybe we are getting ready to go into one and don't even know it. The truth of the matter is, three weeks ago, we had no clue that we were going to, as a church, go through the, the COVID storm the way that we did. But Lord, uh, the blessing about the whole thing is that you promised that you'd never leave us. You promised you'd never forsake us, and you didn't. And you were there to strengthen us. You were there to help us. You were there to guide us and direct us through. And not just as a church, but as individual families and individual people. And I thank you for that. What a blessing it is to, to uh, be able to know that our God 
is always there, that you're interceding on our behalf. Uh, Lord, speak to our hearts tonight about our personal responses to the storms of life. And again, they're varied. Uh, we, comparing, in that particular case, comparing ourselves among ourselves would not be wise at all. Uh, we need to, to realize that, Lord, uh, you work with us as individuals and you know what we need. And we thank you that uh, you minister to us in a personal way. Pray that you bless this invitation and speak to hearts. And as, as uh, maybe there's some surrenders that need to be made tonight. Maybe there's some things that just need to be laid at the altar at your feet. And uh, some folks just need to say, Lord, I just need to trust you. And rather than doubt and question, I need to realize that you've got me going through whatever it is that they might be going through or have just come through for a purpose. Help us, Lord, to, to, to trust the God who promised that you would never leave us or forsake us. Bless this invitation. Work in our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand together.